going to be a little bit different today than what I'm, what you might be used to at the Hope. Um, in just a minute, I'm going to show you a, a scripture, excuse me, a video, and this is called Life Without Limbs. Maybe you've heard of this guy, Nick Vojacek. That's how you say that. I mean, you gotta, you gotta really, you cannot say this phonetically. It took, I had to practice this for like a half an hour to get it. But it is Vojacek. I've heard him say it on several occasions. Nick is special. We're all special. Nick is special because he was born without legs or arms. And he has this little paddle foot that he uses, and, and he doesn't talk too much about it today. It's a, it's a short clip that I'm going to show in a little bit. Um, but what I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit put this video, this man, his message on my heart three weeks ago, and I contacted his company, uh, ministry, and they said, absolutely, go ahead and show it, and uh, we're going to do that, and they just said, just make sure and tell them who we are, lifewithoutlimbs.org, so you're hearing that from me. Go to that website. He's got a bunch of other stuff on there if, if you choose to watch it, and there's one other thing I wanted to mention here real quick. There's a part of what they sent me that's about a 45-minute uh, video, and I'm going to have our kids watch that in the next week or two. I've got to clear it with our youth leaders first. But he's specifically addressing young people, and he gets into the bullying and how Christian young men and women should behave and how we need to be the light, not the dark. You know, how we need to encourage people and not pick on them because they're different. And he brings it to such a head, I thought, man, I really want our kids to see that. So that's going to come either next week or the following uh, once our youth leaders get back from vacation. All right, so jumping into this thing. Are you ready? Father, just bless this word to our hearts, to our ears. Help us to see the truth in what you want us to see. Lord, we just ask you right now just to continue to anoint this service. In Jesus' name. I wanted to start with a verse that he actually quotes. And it's out of Jeremiah 29, 11 from the New Living Testament. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How many know that's how God looks at you? Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan for you. Come on, now mean it. Because it's true. When God says it, it's true. That's some good news, if you ask me. All of God's promises, all of God's promises are yes and amen. All of God's promises through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now I want you to watch this video and then I'm going to come back. As I was growing up, uh, as, as a young toddler, being surrounded with family and friends all the time who loved me and supported me and accepted me obviously for who I was and what I, what I was, um, I 
didn't know and didn't even realize that I was different to everybody else. I mean, I look, I look different. I knew that. I'm sure I knew that. But it just, I didn't think it was such a big deal because I knew that I was just like everybody else, just looked different. And uh, I guess the, the first time where my mum tells me that I uh, realized that I was different to everybody else was when I went to kindergarten. And uh, on my first day, she said, I just cried and cried and cried and didn't want to didn't go the next day because all the kids would tease me and point their finger at me and laugh at me and reject me. And I felt very much alone uh, when I went to kindergarten and, and uh, I always had support from my parents and, and my family always to just know that I was special. Everybody told me, Nick, that's okay, you're just special. I, I didn't want to be special, you know, I wanted just to be like everybody else. And uh, as I went through school, I learned how to do things like everybody else, like write with my foot and type with my foot. As I grew up, I started asking questions to mum and dad, uh, knowing that now I was different to everybody else. And people asked me, what happened? And I didn't know. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't give any answers. I, I say, well, it just happened. I mean, we don't know. And, and I, I really 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 got upset sometimes because there were no answers and every time I asked my mom and dad you know why you know why did this happen and they saw the distress in my heart that they saw the frustration I had in me and and all they could say was only God knows only God knows you know that the doctors couldn't give any answers uh, there was no medical explanation for it um, my mum was in fact a nurse back then and delivered many babies before I was born and she knew exactly what to do and what not to do when she was pregnant with me and so she took even precautions. She actually, in her testimony in my book that's coming, she actually had a premonition that something was going to happen in her first pregnancy. So she didn't even take Panadol when she was having a headache or anything like that, you know, painkillers or anything like that. So she just made sure that everything that she did was, was fine. And um, just happened. We don't know. And there were three ultrasounds done. And uh, the miracle is, is that no one found out that I had no arms and no legs until I was actually born. So in the ultrasounds, they just thought that I was in a, in a particular position where they just couldn't see my arms and legs, but they believed that they were there um, because we take it for granted every baby is born with arms and legs. So. When I was born, my parents' reactions um, were obviously just shock. I mean, they, they had no warning and, and everybody was saying everything was fine. Um, and they were expecting a beautiful, you know, young, healthy boy, which they did. They got a young, healthy, beautiful boy. I'm beautiful, <laughs> but uh, just with a few parts missing. And, and it was just such a great tragedy, really. My, my parents back then were uh, very strong Christians and are still today. And my dad was, in fact, one of the pastors of our church back then. And it was just such a, a really, really... Uh, testing point in their faith as well um, and not just their lives but it was a big test for the church you know asking God why 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 would God let that happen you know if, if he says in the Bible that I formed you in your mother's womb that he has a hope and future for everybody then, then, then what was God thinking when he made Nick Voyage and it was just such a such a big thing and to have a firstborn child or a husband and wife it, it is life-changing but even more so when, when they have a disability, I believe it was just something that was, um, you know, that they just had a fear of inadequacy. You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this boy? Is he going to, you know, what kind of life is he going to live? Um, my dad actually initially thought that I was just going to die. 
um, but they found out that no, I have everything else is working fine and, and I was going to live. And they were, in, you know, they were going through many stages. Um, stages of denial, sometimes thinking, no, this is, this is not this is not happening, you know, this is just a nightmare, you know, they thought that any moment now they're going to wake up from this nightmare and my parents went to doctor, to doctor, to doctor and, and uh, just tried to find out and trying to reason with this and, and trying to just comprehend what happened and um, for some reason we, we want to have that comfort of just understanding the situation and they were looking for an answer and no one had any answers and there are many times in our life where we are looking for answers and we don't get them. We, sometimes we will not get some answers and this is where we walk by faith and trust in God and my parents realize this that hey this is my son and uh, my own flesh and blood and God has blessed me with this child and he's going to give me sufficient grace to raise him with wisdom with grace with compassion and with love just as if I had arms and legs um, because God does have a reason for everything but it took several months for them to come to that stage of peace and uh, where they could fully commit all that I am to Jesus Christ and for His purpose. I am just so thankful and grateful to God for giving me such awesome parents. Uh, yes, he, he's, he's been giving them grace. Yes, he's, it's only because of him that they managed to overcome it and, and get through one day at a time. But I'm just so thankful that, that they are in my life because if they weren't there, I would have given up a long time ago, especially at school. You know, when people did tease me, I was trying to find my identity at school and trying to find my friends and See, a lot of people at first, when they see me, they don't know if I have a mental disability. They don't know to what extent they can have a conversation with me, uh, what depth or, and all that sort of thing. So they don't know how to approach me. They sort of avoid me. Um, but once I open up my mouth and, and they see that, you know, I'm just like everybody else, uh, they, they warm up to you. <laughs> and uh, you just you know, crank that smile up and they're like, hey, you know, this guy's cool sort of thing. So... Um, basically, my parents, when, when I was discouraged at school, my parents just encouraged me to just talk. Just talk to people because that was, that was the key to show everybody that I was just like everybody else. Um, and it was very hard. <laughs> it was very hard to, to, at times, take that leap of faith, take that courage. And I believe that's only by the grace of God that I had that courage to step out and just make friends and, and you know, try to blurred out all the negative comments that, that were coming in day by day. Um, and I know how it feels to be put down by people every day. Um, but I also know how, how impacting some people's encouragement was in my life. And that's why I have a passion today to reach out to the youth, uh, primary school and high school, to not judge those. And I mean, even as adults, we judge people. You know, we stereotype people just by the way they look. And, and it's wrong. It's wrong. You know, Jesus died for them too. You know, God loves them as much as he loves you. Why should we put anyone down? It's, it's not right. And, and it's not how you look. It's who you are. 
And that's what I've seen in my life. And that's the truth, that God looks on the inside, that He has a special plan for each and every one of us. And the last thing I would hate to know in my life is that I was teasing somebody and, and that, that my words crushed them. You know, we, we, we just joke when we're, when, we're, when we're teasing at school, when we're teasing people at school, we're just mucking around, we're, we're just kidding. But deep down, we know how, how hurtful it can be. Eventually, my confidence grew and grew, day by day, having the support of my family and now having my friends beside me, um, I started to believe that I was uh, like everybody else. I started to believe that my life was worth living. There were many times where I didn't feel like life was worth living, but this confidence grew and grew and I, I praise Jesus that He gave me that comfort through the struggles, but uh, gaining respect from students, I also realized that I had a gift for speaking and uh, a lot of people looked up to me in many ways and uh, I was voted by the school, the students there to be school captain of my primary school and vice school captain of my high school and uh, so I was very well known by many students and was friends with everybody, you know, Nick loves everybody, that sort of thing. Um, but it was great and it's not as if I woke up one morning with this confidence like I woke up bang and I've got this confidence you know God's with me you know he's got a purpose no it was just an eventual uh, what's well, basically um, it, it's a journey it's a journey it was character building and uh, I always had my parents with me and a lot of people ask me well how did you do it how did you get through those hard times when you wanted to give up in life and it's one day at a time with Jesus and obviously my parents introduced me to having a relationship with Jesus and having a friendship with Him. But I tell you, the, the, the time in my life where I asked Him to come into my life was when I was 15 years old. You see, it wasn't just to say, okay, well, now I'm going to change the things about me. I'm going to stop doing this. Or I'm going to start doing that. It was basically a decision in my life to say, Jesus, I trust in you. I believe your word. I believe that you have a plan for my life. And how did he let me know that I had a plan? Not just from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 where it says that God has a plan, a hope and a future for our lives. But a story that I read in the Bible changed my life and convinced me that God is with me. And it was in John chapter 9 where a man was born blind and there was no reason for it. Quote, medical reason. Back then no one knew why and had no... Um, answers as to why this had happened and I know that in my life I had no answers to why I was born this way and so as Jesus was going through this village and came across this man people were asking him why was this man born blind and Jesus said it was done so that the works of God may be revealed through him and it just hit me so hard you know all my life all I've wanted was to know that somebody understands just someone knows what I'm going through because no one knew what my pain was 
And that's why I didn't believe people when they said everything's going to be okay. Because they didn't understand what I was going through. They didn't know my future. But Jesus did. And He does. And He has a reason for everything. That He knew me and formed me in my mother's womb. That I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. That God has a purpose and His works will be revealed through my life. And at that moment I thought, well God, I now fully believe and trust in You. That You do have a plan for my life. And I want to start a friendship with You. And I want to find out more about this purpose you have for my life. And so when I said this prayer to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of all that I've done wrong and I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and that uh, I have a hope and a plan in you and a purpose. This peace just flooded over my heart because not only was I very burdened with the disability that I had and the situation that I had, but I was also burdened with much guilt in my life. We've all done something wrong and I always thought of God, you know, obey the Ten Commandments and you've got to stop doing this, you've got to stop doing that, a God of regulations and rules. But it's not that. It's, it's when you decide to to live for Him and He changes you bit by bit and you don't want to swear anymore. You, you, you just He changes your heart and not only does He change your heart but as you ask Him to reveal more of the plan He has for you, He does. He doesn't reveal it to you straight away and, and He doesn't change you straight away. It's that journey that I'm talking about with Jesus and He doesn't promise a life of, of smoothness. He doesn't promise an easy life. He doesn't promise that when you, know, when you go through the fire you know, I'm going to put out the fire. He says, when you go through the fire, I'm going to be with you. And this is it. Asking Jesus to come into your life, all it means now is that He's with you. And I recall and uh, recollect a, a poem that did touch my heart very deeply. It's called Footprints. It's very famous. And it's a beautiful story of a man walking along the beach in the sand with Jesus. And the man looks back and he says, How come in the easy times of my life, I saw two footprints? And in the hard times of my life, I only see one. And Jesus says, through the easy times, I was walking beside you. But through the hard times is when I carried you. And it just touched my heart to, to just know that God is with you. That even when you don't see those footprints next to you, even when you don't feel like God is next to you, it's then He carries you. And by giving my life to Jesus, I know that God is in control. My life is in His hands. I don't need hands. I don't need feet. God is carrying me. Jesus is with me all the way. And that's awesome about God. But the greatest thing is that I now, having Jesus in my heart, have discovered an awesome purpose and joy in my life. Everybody wants to find their purpose in life. And I found mine. And that's to give hope to the world in any way that I can from the smallest ways to the biggest ways but I've seen the greater purpose of my disability that when people see me without arms and legs they can tangibly see that you can by God's grace conquer any struggles and any circumstances that no matter how big your storms are in life that God is bigger that he has a purpose for even the worst parts of your life that all things come together for the good and there is no greater joy than knowing that Jesus is with me all the way, that He will never leave me, that there is a greater purpose to each and every storm in our life. 
And maybe you have a storm or some circumstance in your life that you don't see that greater purpose right now. You don't have that joy or peace. And all we have to do is just call upon Him and He will give you that grace and He will give you that clarity of vision day by day of knowing that every single downtime we have, that God is molding us, He's making us, and He's making me into the man He wants me to become. And I want to challenge you that if you don't have that purpose, but you know that you're, you're wanting something more to life, there's got to be more to life, I want you to know that you can find it in Jesus, and He's only a prayer away. One of the biggest reasons that I felt like I wanted to, the Lord wanted me to show this was we're surrounded by people that have given up. Some have even ended their lives because they felt like, I just can't go on anymore. Whether it's PTSD or somebody that's been bullied through their elementary, junior high, or high school years, whatever, they give up. And when you read about that in the paper, I hope it crushes your heart that that's another one we lost. They need to hear the story. They need to hear his story, Jesus' story. And who's going who's to take it to them? The church. That's what we're here for. You know, if, if we didn't have a purpose, listen to this, if we didn't have a purpose, Jesus would have gone to heaven and taken us with him. How many could say amen? But he left us here. Why? So that we would be the hope. So that we would take our light that shines within us, the Holy Spirit, and share that with others. That's our plan. That's His plan. That's our purpose. Hallelujah. I don't know how I'm going to do this this morning. By the way, if you need to leave at noon, I get it. Just get up quietly. Go. No, no harm, no foul. Whatever happened today, it was crazy. I knew it was going to be one of those mornings. But I have a message here, and I, I'm going to go quickly, but I'll probably go over a little. <laughs> not that you're not used to that. Uh, this is what I took away from Nick's message. And I have three points I want to I look at. First, hopefully you caught this. It's all one day at a time. If, listen, if you're in a place right now where you're like, I just don't know if I can go on anymore. It's one day at a time. You can do that. You can do that. Lamentations uh, 3, 22 to 24, and I have it up behind me. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Can you say that with me? The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Nick, his hope rested in Jesus. That's the only reason that he had any reason to live, in his, in his words. What this passage says to me is, we're supposed to enjoy each and every day. And listen, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, so why worry about that? Let's just focus on where we're at today, because God wants to bless us, and I believe this, he wants to bless us in daily waves. How's the ocean come in? You ever see that? Well, that's how God blesses us. Each day, there are new blessings, new waves of blessing coming at us that God wants to give us. If we just stay true to Him and not give up, don't give up. And listen, I don't believe 
that God is ever boring. Some have said, oh, that Christianity stuff, it's boring. No, it's not. You serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I promise you, you'll never be bored. Because he always has something exciting for you to do right around the corner if you just yield to him and look for it. When I first gave my life to Christ, one of the issues that I ran into was the fact that I was instantly saved and everything disappeared in my life. The, the cussing, I've shared this testimony, the, the, the drugs, the smoking, I, it was all done. I didn't even realize that it was such a stark change. But then I thought, well, that's how God is. You know, you ask and boom, it's there. You ask and boom, it's there. It's like the genie in the bottle. You know, what are you praying for today? Boom, it's there. And that's how I thought God was. Well, I quickly realized that that, just, that was the beginning stage for me when I first came to him. Yes, it was instant. But the growing up part, the maturity part in Christ, that took time. There's a season that God wants to build you up. And, and you saw that with Nick. He said that. He said, you know what? The Lord was building character in me. He said. Everybody in this room has lived a different life. No two of us are alike. And that means you've gone through struggles I haven't gone through. I've gone through struggles you haven't gone through. And all of that is intended to build us up in character and to cause us to go to him and to say, I need you. I can't do this without you. And that's the purpose of these, these, these things in life. That, Like Nick, can you imagine if your child was born with arms or legs? It would have just been horrific. But they didn't give up. And look at who he became. Hallelujah. He is such a, in his video today, it didn't even skim the surface of who this man is. So go to, you can go to YouTube and just look up uh, Life Without Limbs or Nick Vojacic, if you can remember how to spell it, and you'll see that again. All right, so we're an instant society, and we know, look, at, if I want something, I go to Amazon or I go to Walmart, I click a button and I get it in a day, right? This is crazy. Or if I want fries in a in a a burger, I I drive up to the yellow arches and I, I talk into a little box and I go to a window and I give them my money and the next window's got my food. How crazy. We are spoiled. Or you go in the store and you see that brand new couch and you think, ooh, that'd look good in my house. Honey, wouldn't that look good in our house? But we don't have the money. Don't you have the visa? Charge it. Charge. Right? When Jesus walked the earth, if he wanted to go 100 miles, it took him several days. Okay? Or if he ran, maybe two. That'd really be rushing. Today, you can do it in an hour and a half. Or in an airplane, five minutes. To send a message to somebody 100 miles away during Jesus' time, 
it would have taken several days. Unless you had pigeons and then you had to worry about the hawks that were... Never mind. Today, instant. Hello. Is that you 100 miles away? This is Norm. Right? Instant. We're spoiled rotten. And when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we expect him to be instant. I watched my granddaughter do this this weekend. <sighs> when she didn't get her way. That's how we are. <sighs> Jesus, I prayed for this. And <sighs> Who are we? My point is, we're expected to live life the one we've been given for him. And I've got this up behind me. Whatever comes our way should be an opportunity to show God off. Nick did it with style. And every single one of us should do the same. Whatever you think is a deficiency should be you relying on God and his sufficiency. So Nick's deficiency revealed his sufficiency in God. And that's how each one of us should be. Not only is it one day at a time, but it's one step at a time. You know, God only expects you to take little steps, baby steps even, any steps. Come on, come on. Too many today won't even do this. Little steps, who can't do that? Don't walk away from them, oh, it's too hard. No, it's not. Let him wrap his big arms, heavenly arms around you. Figure out what that feels like. There's nothing better. I got to tell you this. It wasn't in his video today, but he shares it in one of his others. Nick was in front of all these people, and they all were coming up and telling him how much they loved his message and how awesome he was. And then this little two-year-old girl came up, and it just reminded me of my granddaughter, who I just spent four days with. Ah. She went home this morning. Back to the message. This little two-year-old daughter walked up to Nick and stood in front of him and, and looked him up and down, and he said she put her arms behind her back and went up and stuck her neck around his. And I went, oh, that we could be like little children and learn to love like that. Wow. Wow. One step at a time. Too many people give up because it appears that living for Christ is way too difficult. And, and, and I was taken back to this, and I'm not going to go through a lot of it. Luke 17, 6 the Lord said, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, how big is a mustard seed? It's, it's a tiny, tiny little thing. You know, it's like the end of a, a pencil lead, if you would. That's about how big uh, a mustard seed is. 
you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it would obey you. That mustard seed is tiny. So what that says to me is, if we have tiny faith, if we take baby steps, God's going to honor that. So if you're in a place where you're thinking, I just can't do this anymore, I want you to just stop and remember it's one day at a time. Baby steps. Walk toward him. Walk for a, toward a brother or a sister in Christ. And have them pray with you. Have them put their arm around you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Listen, you're only defeated when you stop getting up. Little steps add up to big accomplishments. And let me add here, don't use the little steps to mean that you'll do nothing. That's just being lazy, right? You need to be moving. Have you ever tried to push a car that's in park? You're not going to move it. You know, the Holy Spirit will not force you to move. You have got to put your spirit man in, in drive. Or at the very least, in neutral. And God wants to use you, but he will not force you. The last point. Not only is life with Jesus one day at a time, one step at a time, but life with him is a journey. We're supposed to enjoy the journey. It's not just about the destination. Yes, we all want to be in heaven. I talked about this a few weeks ago. I said, look, let's, let us not be selfish there are way too many people still on this earth that need to hear, that need to accept what Jesus did on that cross for them. So let's not be selfish and be praying, come Lord Jesus, come so I can get out of this horrible, wicked, ugly place that I'm in. No, this is a journey. Enjoy the journey. When Jesus is with you, it's going to be okay. You're going to enjoy it, at least to some degree. Isaiah 28, 9 through 10, and, and I love this. The Israelites were questioning, God, why do you keep telling us stuff over and over? And, why do these prophets keep coming to us over and over and over and over and telling us this stuff? And I, I love this. Oops, sorry. Who does the Lord think we are? They're questioning him. They ask, why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children just recently weaned? So apparently they're really taking offense. He tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there. <laughs> you know what the Holy Spirit said to me about this? He said, listen, Norm, some of my people have stubborn hearts. That's why I have to tell them over and over. That's why the people walked in the desert. I call this the desert syndrome. They had to walk in the desert 40 years. Can you imagine that? Things would begin to look the same. Hey, haven't we been here before? Deja vu kind of thing. Around and around and around. Why? Because their hearts were stubborn toward the things of God and they would not listen to what he was trying to say to them. If, if they'd only grasped what he was saying, they would have been set free from that and probably ended up in a place like paradise. But they wouldn't listen. I have a dog whose name is Rudy. Rudy is an amazing dog. He's a friendly dog. He's a loving dog. He doesn't bite, usually. 
But here's the thing with Rudy. He's short-term memory. When I tell him, Rudy, stay in the yard, two minutes go by. I better tell him again, Rudy, stay in the yard. Two minutes go by. And I see him, he, he tries to sneak off. Then he looks back. Is he watching? And if he could bolt, he would. And, and he's done that, where he's, he's ran off. I don't know where he goes. He goes on his own little walkabout. I, I wish I had one of those little cameras so that I... Is he going to see another dog? I, when he comes back, he's always panting. I don't know what's wrong with him. But I've got to stay on him, stay on him. And the Holy Spirit said, this is you. Me and you. He has to keep telling us over and over and over. So the lesson is, don't be like Rudy. Don't have a stubborn heart. Okay? Life is a journey. Along the way, we were to take the sights in. We are to learn things that we should apply. Things that will help us be a better person, build our character, our integrity, and so on. And it's important to understand that everybody's journey has its ups and downs. Some different than others. And I, I've already alluded to that, but it's going to happen. If, if, if you've lived a perfect life, anybody? <laughs> no, I'm not seeing hands. Everybody's had their ups and downs, right? Some of you family members, you've gone through horrendous things. God only knows the pain that some of you have suffered. But he does know you. And he knows your pain. And he's been there. And he's felt it all. When I get into a place where I'm broken and I don't know where to turn, where do I go? First in prayer, of course. Jesus, help. But then I go to his word. I go to his word because his word is like manna, it's like bread, and it will feed your spirit, and it will strengthen you. Isaiah 43, 2, one of my favorites, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you, the Lord says. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up, and the flames will not consume you. I think that deserves a good amen. But listen to this. Don't be a whiner. Don't be one of those. Nobody likes a whiner. And whining doesn't bring God any glory. As believers, our lives are testimonies to his love. And they should show how he has equipped us to handle these tough situations that we face. When the heat is turned up in your life, go to God's word. And read his promises. And I said this earlier. All of scripture. All of God's promises are yes and amen. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes. Through Christ our amen. Which means yes ascends to God for his glory. If Nick can live a life full of promise and hope. If he can live for God like he does. You and I ought to be able to do the same. And I showed his testimony today. 
to highlight how one man with his many deficiencies didn't let anything or anyone convince him that he was less of a child of God with those deficiencies. God looks at the heart, not at the shell. This is just a tent. This is a covering. That's all it is. Some of us might be designed a little better than others, but who gives a rip? What's important is what's in here. Because that's who God has a relationship with. It's your spirit. And if you're picking on people, I don't care who it is in your family or anybody that you work with, shame on you. As Christians, none of us should be picking on anybody else. In fact, the opposite, we should be encouraging those people because they might need one voice just saying, it's okay. It's okay, I've been there. I know, God's with you. Don't give up. Let's be that person. As I begin to close, what's your journey look like? Would you stand with me? What's God want to do with you? I hope this isn't you, but are you making excuses why you can't? Uh, I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm too old. (laughs) You've heard me say this before. If you still have breath, you're not too old. I'm too young. No, another excuse. God started them young in the Bible. Think a little Samuel at what? Three? I'm always sick. My health is pathetic. Well, number one, change that if you can. Maybe it's what you're eating, not exercising, whatever. But if you've done all that and you're still sick, Lord, use me just like I am. You know what? I think something's going to happen if you do that. If you let God use you in your ill health, if you will, I believe that you're going to see some miracles in your own life, health-wise. Because by faith, you're going to be saying, Lord, you put me here for a reason. There's a purpose for my life. In fact, I think that's my last one there. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So listen to me. Everybody in this room has a purpose. Say that. I have a purpose. Nobody's exempt from this. And that means that you have to figure out what that is. I can't tell you what it is. That's between you and him. You know, I I feel like I know where I'm supposed to be. And, And you don't have to be a pastor to serve the Lord. We need people that can trim the, the, the grass. Look at this place when you leave. If that's you, let me know. We need people that can serve. Without, well, I don't want to do that. Just serve. Just say, hey, whatever you need. And then by faith, hopefully it won't be over what you can do. We need your help. There's so many things that the kingdom of God needs. And you're the missing link. And if you're sitting there going, oh, I just can't do that. You go to this man's website. Life without limbs. And you tell me you can't. If he can, you can. (laughs) If 
Father God, we just, we're humbled today to be in your presence. I want to thank you for Nick, Life Without Limbs, Lord, that ministry. Continue to bless them and bless them richly, Lord. Continue to use that young man to reach the lost in ways none of us would ever be able to. And that's the beauty of the way each of us are designed because you have a specific purpose for us, each individual. Some of us can minister to those who are hard to reach just because of where we've been and and who we are today. Remind us of that. Some of us have gifts and talents that we're not using. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for not using the talents you've given us. Help us with that. And Lord, I pray right now, if there's anybody here today that hasn't taken that first step, hasn't said yes to Jesus Christ, to the forgiveness of their sins through the blood of Christ, let this be the day. And I just want to extend to you, if that's you, before you leave today, you come and see me. I'll pray with you. I'll pray that God forgive you of your sins. We'll go to the heaven's gate together. And you'll leave here different than when you came in. But Lord, I pray for every person in this room. And if today you were challenged by this message, just lift your hand up so I can see it. If you're challenged by it. Yep, okay, thank you. Lord, you saw the people that were challenged by this message. Use us now, Lord. Don't let us walk out of here and we just go, oh, nice message. God, may it sink in at our hearts. When we see that one sitting on the bench at Walmart that looks lonely, may we slide up next to him and just say, how's it going? My name's Norm. What's your name? May we be friends like Nick learned to be and use what you've already put in us, the grace of God, the mercies that are renewed every morning. May you use us, Lord. You are the potter. We are the clay. May we allow you to mold us and change us and form us into the the blessings you want us to be in your hands. Tools. May we be Jesus with skin on. We love you. We commit this church, these people, into your hands today, Lord. Be glorified. You be all the praise. Thank you. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. That's it.